brought to you by Mental Arts Network. Mental Arts Network um, can be found at www.mentalartsnetwork.com. Uh, check them out for some seminars on um, expanding communication between people and understanding a little bit about your thought processes. Today, um, when I flip radio, we have Tyler Bloggett with us. Tyler. Hi, everyone. Tyler, um, how long have you been floating here at iFloat? I started, I want to say, a little bit less than two years ago, maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, I came in kind of on a whim with a friend who had just heard about this kind of thing. And I've kind of heard about it, and I was just like, eh, it'd be worth a try. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it would become a major part of my life, but uh, it has since become so. And I, I, I'm... I try to come, I come once a month, I'm on the monthly plan, um, sometimes I try to come more than once a month, if I can, but it's, it's something that has become a, a facet of my life, so. And why is that? What, what benefits do you get out of floating? Well, I mean, there's, there's many, there's many benefits, it's not just a, I mean, for starters, you can't unparalleled relaxation. You know, when you go into those float chambers, you come out, you're just floating on air. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's. I have never been able to reach that level of relaxation. So there's that, uh, that that benefit. But for me, it's been just a journey into <laughs> the mind. I know that sounds very Twilight Zonesy, but just delving into the, well, as I was eventually taught the programs that exist uh, in my mind and and kind of becoming aware of them um, and from just the few first sessions I had and talking to David I, I quickly realized that there was a there was a lot at play and there's a lot of things in my life that I that came from a subconscious place, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of my reactions and feelings and things that I had, I, I didn't really think anything of them. I just thought that was just who I was and just part of what I was and my personality. But I soon came to realize that these were programs that were instilled in me at a very young age. And I wanted to know more about them because for me, the idea that anything has control over me, <laughs> that I'm not... A, aware of or unable to have an effect on mm-hmm. is terrifying. So once I started realizing that I really don't have a lot of control over a lot of the aspects of myself, I wanted to learn everything I could about that and and in, in essence change it and, and find a way to improve on my programming. And that's still a process and that's still something I'm going to be doing as of right now I've only done the uh, the intro uh, to the rewrite and how long was it after floating that you um, until you took the introduction to the art of rewriting it, it took a while um, I fought hard <laughs> you know I, I, I uh, it's weird to think of it. it's almost like you're schizophrenic at times like it's just there's two parts of yourself there's the conscious part of yourself and there's the subconscious and the conscious is always fighting me and you know, saying, no, 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 you don't need to do that right now, or uh, you, you don't have money, just, just put it off, or, man, it's, it's really not worth your time, just, you know, it, what could you really learn from it that you couldn't learn from just reading a book, or just mm-hmm. something like that, and I, the first thing I did was I, I bought the Office of the Shaman, uh, probably about, 
probably about four or five months after I started floating, just because I'd always seen it there, and you know, and David had always talked about it, and I was like, all right, you know what? I'll buy this book, I'll read this literature, and I'll see where where it goes from there. And that kind of opened my eyes a little bit to uh, the whole process of the rewrite. So it, you know, kind of opened the door a little bit to the intro program by just seeing, um, by just reading the story itself. Uh, right. and, and what was it about that book that, um, that showed you like uh, this new way of looking at things? Is it just like how it was written? Well, I'd never really uh, read a, a, a hermeneutic? Hermeneutic. That word. <laughs> I'd never um, read anything like that. I was familiar with the style, um, but I had never actually read it before, where it was just free-flowing, like, it was a conversation on the page, and it was something that was intriguing to read, but for me, it was watching the process and realizing that there was, there was a step-by-step um, analysis of, of all the... Yeah, well, it, applying that uh, that approach to understanding thought. Right. So it would, I mean, it would introduce one aspect of it, and then it would it would show a demonstration of the effects of this this program, this sub program here. Here is, you know, this communication here, and here is it being applied. And to watch that, and to watch the development of the 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 character himself, um, and to kind of see myself. In the character, it's, I apologize, I forgot his name. The, the person, I think, it's in, Bob. It's it Bob. Yeah. Very relatable name. Yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't meant to be. <laughs> you know, the character wasn't meant to. It's meant to be you or anybody who reads it. Mm-hmm. And as I'm reading it, I start to really kind of, I don't know if it's empathy or just kind of put myself in Bob's position and try to see the transition and the progress of his character and to think that that could happen for me as well. So all of that reading the book of uh, the Office of Shaman, um, that led you to really question what it was that David was talking about with the seminars that, that are offered here. So then you eventually got into those seminars after reading it, and you took the first one, the intro to the art of rewriting. And um, did you notice any immediate changes after that within yourself? Let me ask. I just want to go back to the rewrite itself. The intro, the, the class itself, it was just, it was, it was just me, uh, and, and I believe her name was Jean, and the instructor at the time, and then we were doing the webinar with, I think, probably like five or six other people at various different float centers across the U.S., and, I mean, going into it, I really had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't know what it was going to be like and I was very 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 kind of anxious and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one to kind of sit back and observe before I interact but with the intro class you, you aren't allowed to just sit there and observe you have to be a part of it and uh, that is something that I by nature am uncomfortable with especially with people I don't know opening up to them talking to them about things that I consider very personal mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it was intense um, and I went in with all these ideas of what it was going to be. I'm like, I'm going to go in there and just 
gonna create harmony with myself and I'm just gonna, you know, rewrite my entire brain. And it was just, I had these, these notions that it was just going to be this all-consuming, massive brain overhaul mm-hmm. and not realizing that there is a very, you get, well, for starters, you have to start small. You can't just go in there and say, you, you know, I'm going to just create a way to make myself more harmonious with myself and people around me. Like, that's, that's not, that's not a thing. That's not right. a goal. That's it's you, not really how things are done. Right. And just by stopping and really setting my goals and determining what it is that I wanted to do and what I ended up talking about in the intro rewrite was not at all what I even thought was I was going to talk about. I, it, I went in and ended up talking about, I think it was uh, my lack of frugality, like I was spending too much money and I, I needed to find a way to stop doing so and that's, I didn't want to talk about that. That wasn't even something that was on my mind, but it started to connect that these, this was linked to other parts of myself. It was coming from somewhere else. Right. It and something you were mainly focused on, but you didn't see how it was connected to what it was that you did. Yeah, and it was baffling to see something so surface level to me, something so, like, materialistic, and, uh, I mean, to me it just didn't seem like it could be relevant at all. And then to really dig down in it, and just dig down, follow that route as far as it goes, and start tapping on some really sensitive areas. I mean, I had no idea I was going to be going down that rabbit hole, and... And, you know, to, to be amongst people like John and, and, and the other float people who were watching me and they could, they were analyzing my body language and they were just dissecting me and it was not, not in a bad way, but just they, they were, they were reading all the things that I was trying to keep back in a sense, like, uh, I was speaking more of my body than I was my words and mm-hmm. they, were, they would constantly call me out and then down and be like, why are you crossing your arms right there, you know, your body language is saying something. You're saying one thing, but you're, you're saying something else with that, and I just... Right, so you were given the opportunity to see what you always, constantly, consistently transmit to people that you right. weren't even aware of. Exactly. That you did transmit and, to everyone. And I would just come up to these walls, and I would just... I, I wouldn't even realize it, but I was becoming defensive, and I would get... Well, not volatile, but just... It, it would just trigger me to step back and just be like, no, 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 I'm not talking about this, you know, uh, just put my guard up and I just, I wouldn't even realize it, but they would, he would, the John would call me out on it and I'd have to come up with something and I'd have to talk and, you know, <laughs> talk about aspects of myself that I just, am not used to doing. Um, anyway, I feel like I kind of off the tracks there a little bit. <laughs> There's so much there. There's so much to talk about. But anyway, through that process, we was able to, to establish the whole structure there, the goals, the the. Uh, pardon me. It's been it's been months. I forgot the terminology around each aspect of the intro. Like, mm-hmm. but the step by step process to just changing one program. So after that, I realized that this is that the rewrite something that I still need to do is going to be a very big thing that could take a while and there's going to be lots of different junctures and, and, and things that you didn't know about yourself. right right so I, I think part of that I think that it's a little intimidating for me too that maybe be why 
I'm a little reticent about getting into it. Part of it's the money, and I keep telling myself that, and I know that's a whole other conversation because, you know, money is just energy, and, you know. You can always find ways to get money. You can always find ways to get money, and that's another thing that I'm still figuring out, and it's starting to make sense to me. But um, anyway, so I'm very familiar with the fact that the rewrite is going to be something that's going to be very intensive, but uh, I need to do it. Um, <clears throat> so immediately after the rewrite, um, sorry, I keep jumping around a little bit. This is how my brain works. It goes all over the place. So immediately after the introduction seminar, um, I had asked you earlier the, what, what kind of changes and what, what adjustments you had made and how they were prevalent and visible in your life after you had taken the seminar class, like what surfaced for you? What, what did you do differently? One of the biggest things we hit upon is what am I doing in sense like what do I define myself as? What do I see myself as? Um, and I know I, I trying to remember the, the chain of events and the, the dialogue that led to it but it was more or less me fighting the idea that I was an artist of any means I always kind of fought that idea because to me either I wasn't good enough to be considered an artist or I just didn't see it as an identity something that I could be or, or, or I was by any means because I always felt that being an artist was something that somebody else defined for you they told you you were an artist not something you told yourself and this all stemmed from asking me what my passions were what I did and what I felt that I was best at and mm -hmm. for me it's been photography um, which is something I've been doing since I can remember. Uh, I remember my mom giving me my first little disposable Kodak camera and I just ran around the house just taking pictures of everything and this the dog here or the, the flowers over here and I just I loved it so much and photography has become integral in my life and it just was something I thought of as just a little hobby, a little thing I did but I never really considered it as art. Um, and from the rewrite I realized that I, I was an artist and <laughs> I always have been an artist. I always have been an artist and the second I stopped fighting that it was, I mean it was eye-opening for sure but it was, it was, I just can hear all these doors opening up. I can hear all these opportunities that I'd just been turning my blind eye to. And, um, so from, from that, I, uh, I sat on, I sat on the idea for a while, uh, probably just not a while, but I think I went a month or two where I was just like, okay, what does this really mean then? Okay. I'm an artist, but what, what does that mean? How is that going to manifest itself? Uh, so maybe, maybe my photography, maybe it actually is something special, but what am I going to do with it? How am I going to, to get that out there? And. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I should just, okay, I'm an artist now. Maybe I should create my own website or I should just 
do something to get it out there beyond just social media. And that's when I started thinking about building a website. And then I'm like, okay, do I want to just be, you know, Tyler Blodgett photography? You know, everybody does that. Everyone's got Tyler Blodgett photography, you know, their name photography. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And that's not saying that they're not an artist by any means. But I wanted something else that would speak to well, that would say more than just me because what you'll see and what I'll get on head on is the fact that my photography is very little to do with me and it's it's more to do with the world around me and it's but we'll get there but anyway I thought about it for a while and I was talking with um Actually, my girlfriend's father, he's a, he's a very, very talented writer. And he's always been a very supportive person when it came to my photography. He always would just, he would tell me how, you know, how wonderful he thought it was. And I remember one time he told me, you have a very poetic eye. And he, being a poet, I took that very, I took that to heart. I'm like, that's, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. And he's like, yeah, just the way you see the world, it's something very beautiful you have a very special line he's like you you need to do something with that so I'm just like and just it just struck on that artist chord it was just kind of like it gave me the impetus to to kind of move it forward a little bit so he I went upstairs with him and we started looking at domains uh domain names what we can find that kind of encapsulated that idea of a poetic eye and I turned out that eye of the poet was available that, that wasn't a site that's been claimed by anybody. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy this domain, you know, for whatever it was, and just start from there. So I bought IHaveThePoet.com and just kind of sat there. Okay, all right, first step. I just put my, my toe in the pool here, and now we're going to see where this goes. And mm-hmm. then it was, then I kind of sat back a little bit, and I'm like, okay, I made this step, but now what? Now what am I going to do? And it probably was about a month or to where I, I thought about like how uh, how intimidating it's going to be to build a website and I kept making all these excuses and putting up all my defenses and saying no 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 what I just couldn't envision what it would become and I remember actually I had floated and I was I came here and I floated and I was thinking about it and I ended up talking to David afterwards and he came, he he would just quietly he would just ask about it, you know, kind of just a little nudge, like, hey, how's this going? What's what's going on with this? I know this is something we've been thinking about. And I, I'm like, uh, you know, give him more excuses. And he's, I told him that, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm better when it comes to deadlines and things like that. I need, sometimes I just need to set a deadline. And then whenever I do that, I will make that goal. And he's like, well, why don't you set a deadline for this? I mean, something that seems so common sense. I just kept like, no, 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 pushing it off. He's like, just set a deadline. I'm like, oh, okay. And he, like, you're, you're, and I told myself, okay, and two weeks. I'm going to say two weeks from now, I'm going to have a website. And I know that was a little bit of a, a stretch because that's you know, a pretty quick time to create a website. But I wanted to push because I've been, I've been sitting on this for so long. Like I, I wanted to do something. So I said it and I left here immediately and I just was... I got out of the computer and I, I started the process and I think it was like a, maybe eight or nine days later I had it done. <laughs> I, I had it all together. Um, I mean, it, yeah, 
yeah. And, eight, and nine days later, I had it done. I had it live, and I sent him the link, and I'm like, here, you know, here, here it is. Here's I the poet, and that was just kind of like my my stepping into the world. And it's it's been a process since then, and it's still something under development. But I'm really happy with it as a website, but also as as an expression of me, um, and I really do feel like it's something special. It's not just Tyler Blodgett photography. It really, it, it, it is something, and it's becoming something. It's still evolving. I'm watching it evolve, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's very fitting, I the poet, for for your art in particular, your photography. Um, two months ago here at iFlow, we had. A holistic happy hour and Tyler was actually our artist that we featured for for that event so we had some of his art up on the walls and everything and I had the opportunity fortunately to see it in person and it's it's all photography it's photography of cities of landscapes of things like that that just you really need to have a poet's eye to see the way that you capture it um, so some of the places that you have gone, um, you were telling me earlier, but it seems like you just sort of travel like the world <laughs> and you see something and you just decide to find that special way to capture it with the camera. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to express sometimes why something catches my eye, why something is interesting to me. Oftentimes... The, everyone's pointing their cameras at some event. There's something that everyone's looking at, and mm -hmm. I don't see it. I'm looking at this over here. This this is what's intriguing to me. This this is more beautiful to me than this, you know, this this sports event or whatever's going on. I've always had a kind of abstract eye when it came to things. I've always noticed the little things that most people don't, mm -hmm. and I feel like my Photography kind of captures that. Um, I mean, there's beauty everywhere you go, and that's kind of my mantra. Is is you know I, I could spend my the rest of my life in this room and still find beauty and still be enthralled by all the things around me because there's something beautiful everywhere you go, and oftentimes it's not the most obvious thing. It's it's sometimes it's just this. You know this this one single flower on the ground, or or just the way the these lines intersect on this wall here, or just the way that the light is coming from this particular area, yeah, like casting a shadow in a certain area. Right, right. And I, one of the things you'll see if you go to my site, my about section is kind of I, I have a little blurb about what art and photography means to me, and it. It's pretty much just the idea that you're capturing a moment, and that's the one thing that's unique about photography that you don't get with any other medium is what you're capturing will never happen again. It's it's a moment that is forever unlike any other. You can't recreate it from memory. You can't go to an easel and paint it. I love all art. The <laughs> I'm not trying to knock any other medium. I'm just saying, but when it comes to photography, it's it's something that will never be seen again, and you can't recreate it. Like I said, you can't. 
just think about it and go and put every pixel on that screen. You're, 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 you have to be there. You have to be in that moment and to, to share the world from your perspective. Right. And that's what's so special about photography is it's, it's really showing the world from your perspective and through your lens and and your lens is something that's constantly changing, something that you've adapted throughout your entire life. So I have this lens I've had for 28 years now that I've been evolving and, and, and creating. And all my experiences have, in essence, created this perspective for me. So the things that I find interesting are a result of all the experiences I've had in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why it's really special to me to have IHaveThePoet.com as an expression of that and I really I know one of the things I say is I hope that I can kind of create that connection to the moment for anyone who's looking at my art is they're able to go to it to to see my photography and in a way connect to that moment they may or not have lived it but they can still kind of feel what I felt when I took it and that absolutely comes through yeah. In, your, in all of your pieces um, every one that I've seen um, you know you when you talk about it there's a real drive like there's this like like this burning passion inside oh. of you when you talk about art and photography and yeah. and that's really what defines a good artist in, in all senses but to be able to just take just one single picture and encapsulate in that single picture every single thought that you have of what you're seeing and translate that and give it to other people mm-hmm. is something really that um, you're very good at particularly and it's something that's uh, really um, I think special uh, to be able to do and for other people to be able to take part in to hang it up on their wall or you know just uh, relive it with you even though it's <laughs> days or years or on the other side of the world <laughs> and I tell you there, there's nothing there's nothing better than seeing somebody look at your art and to really feel something to, to, to watch them make that connection and to have them in a sense love it even if it's only a portion of how much I love it but like just to look at something and really be moved by it, and mm-hmm. it to, to know that I can share that experience in a way uplift somebody through my art is is the most fulfilling thing and it's something that I strive for is just to bring joy to the world and bring joy to those around me and to uplift people and to uplift somebody through my own perspective is something that's really special well you absolutely uh, absolutely do it thank you yeah, <laughs> no problem um, I think uh, I think we're going to cut it off here Seems pretty good. I think that was pretty good. Um, so this was iFloat Radio here in Westport, Connecticut. Um, you know, if you're hearing us for the first time here in our podcast, come in and check us out. We have four float center or four float rooms in this center in particular. Um, you can find us on www.ifloatct.com. Um, this is Colby Boston. I was here again with Tyler Bloggett from. Where are you from? What, what town are you well, from? I'm from upstate New York, but I've okay. lived 
all over the place, but now I live in Norwalk, Connecticut. Okay, so Tyler's living in Norwalk, Connecticut, and he has, um, he's an artist, and he has www.eyeofthepoet.com. So check him out, check us out, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.